welcome to the first episode of the Web3 show, your one-stop shop for unfiltered conversations covering all things crypto, NFTs, and Web 3.0. I'm Luca, the front man of the show. And if you don't get that reference, uh, please do yourself a favor and watch Squid Game on Netflix. Not to be confused with the, the, squ- the Squid Game coin uh, rug pull from last week. We aren't here to rug pull you, I promise. <laughs> um, so I also need to uh, introduce my crypto entourage because I'm not doing this thing by myself. Um, that would just be boring. Um, also known as the wannabe wizards who will be going down the rabbit hole of Web3 with me. So I've got uh, Galactic Q, uh, the guy with the crypto punk as his uh, as his icon. Um, he hates money printing and loves going, loves giving out uh, Web three red pulls constantly to people. Um, I've also got uh, my guy in TradFi, the only guy in traditional finance. Uh, that's what TradFi stands for, by the way. Um, and he's he's the only guy on this podcast who's the only host of this podcast who's allowed to give financial advice. Um, nothing else we say is financial advice. Um, obviously, I'm joking about that. None of, <laughs> none of it, anything we say is financial advice. Um, so he's actually our crypto double agent who's behind enemy lines currently on Wall Street. Um, so he's, <laughs> he's getting us some good uh, info at the moment. Um, so yeah, boys, uh, just want to introduce just, just a quick introduction from your side. What do we think about Callin, the app, uh, and this new form of podcasting? Shout out to David Sachs. We're all big followers of uh, the All In podcast. So love what he's done with the product. Um, and how excited are you both for Web3, uh, Galactic Q? Yeah, listen, I'm... I'm excited, as you said. I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not one to enjoy the whole idea of centralization and money printing. So, for me, Web three and cryptocurrencies kind of pulls into what I think the future of the world should be. So, I do hold the fastest record, uh, world record for red pilling people into crypto, um, and I walk around with that proudly. But yeah, love the call in app. I think it makes the whole idea of podcasts way more efficient and easy. And excited to be here to chat to you guys, you know, about everything crypto. And uh, my, my, yeah, maybe my guy for my Dreadfly, side. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a smooth experience. The audio quality is great. And I'm, I'm looking forward to a few good discussions. Yeah, sounds good, boys. And uh, I mean, look, besides, uh, I, I did introduce you guys as uh, pseudonymous uh, uh, names and we'll let the audience figure out who you are. It's, it's pretty easy. I think you just have to do a bit of digging on this app, but uh, just... Uh, buying into the whole Web3 experience. Um, but I think for now, we, we're just going to dive into the agenda for today. Uh, we've got a special show uh, to open things up, covering some really big stories in uh, crypto land from the last two weeks. And it's quite cool. We're we all on a hype train because at the time of going live, uh, Bitcoin has just broken $66,000 again. So we're currently all on extra hype at the moment. Um, but the first topic we'll be jumping into, so uh, I'm sure no one uh, sort of missed the rebranding of Facebook um, to Meta and basically Mark Zuckerberg giving an hour and a half presentation on the Metaverse in Facebook Connect about two weeks ago. That was basically followed by a bunch of different companies, Microsoft, Nike coming out and also sort of outlining their own plans for the metaverse. 
But I think instead of focusing on Facebook for us, we're going to touch basically on the metaverse, but obviously bringing in these sort of incumbent players into it and what are the implications going to be. So Galactic, can you take us away um, about just introducing the metaverse to everyone? Yeah, man. Well, I, yeah, for me, I think, you know, we, we shifting in the world. Um, I think we're moving towards, a, I mean, it's very obvious we are moving towards a more digital space. And I think ultimately the metaverse is going to be the social sphere of this digital ecosystem that, you know, global systems shift into, um, especially on, you know, an artistic side, a gaming side um, and various other sort of entities, you know, over the next five to 10 years, I see two trends really taking shape and that's the metaverse and web three. Um, but yeah, just to dive into the metaverse, this, this term that people are throwing around that's, you know, flooded Times Square in New York over the past uh, week or two, you know, I, I view the metaverse as, you know, a value realization of digital assets like NFTs and collectibles and various things. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of allows these various different digital assets to interact and interoperate with one another in a, in a, in a, in a space. Um, you know, we can, we can view this as a, a digital parallel universe um, that has various connection points to what our reality is today. You know, and, and the, the biggest misconception is most people think of virtual reality when they hear people talk about the metaverse. You know, they, you know, and this, this isn't necessarily wrong, um, but the metaverse is a lot more than just virtual reality. Um, rather, people should view it as virtual reality, reality being a contact point to interact with what the metaverse is. Um, you know, today we can we can see tons of adoption, you know, moving into the NFT digital asset space and the metaverse space. Um, like Luca, you mentioned, you know, Microsoft announcing um, its metaverse inspired Teams app called Mesh. You've got Nike moving into the metaverse, filing various sort of US patent trademarks. Um, you've got McDonald's offering 10 McRib NFTs for their 40th anniversary. Um, so there's, there's all these various things. I mean, you've even got big centralized exchanges in the cryptocurrency place, uh, space like KuCoin, you know, building metaverse offices um, where they'll allow various content creators to interact, you know, and, and what's quite cool is they, they built this virtual building with 21 different levels. So, you know, paying tribute to the 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be in supply. So there's a lot of cool and exciting things happening in the metaverse space. And, you know, the biggest one, of course, and probably the most disruptive one that most of us know of is obviously Facebook rebranding to, to Meta and, and claiming to be supposedly building the metaverse. <laughs> So I, I do want to dive a little bit into this rebranding because, you know, essentially when a company rebrands, it, it means that they're refocusing. Um, and I think. But, but John T first, um, can we maybe, can we maybe just hop, hop a bit on the metaverse just for an extra minute? I think, sure. cause it's quite valuable what you were saying about, and maybe it'll also be, uh, be valuable to get Tradfi's uh, opinion on what the metaverse is as well, just to get all of our opinions <laughs> out there. Because you, you, you said something interesting that it was uh, more of a value realization and not, and like you said, that the, 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 maybe the initial contact point is something like VR um, or, a, or augmented reality. Yeah. But is that actually the final form of the metaverse? And I read something, um, I, I think I also sort of agree with this, where I read a tweet from Sean Puri from uh, My First, the My First Million podcast, um, awesome podcast, by the way. 
he said basically that the metaverse isn't a place, it's a time. It's a time when digital assets or the or our space in the digital world becomes more valuable than our, the physical world. And I, I think I I think I'm I'm almost you know, I think I almost agree with that more than anything else at the moment. And obviously things are going to change rapidly because what you see now yeah. is all of these separate pockets of the metaverse pop- popping up. I mean, even amongst all these, uh, you know, these game developers, uh, you know, what you left out there was Ubisoft announcing their plans for metaverse and blockchain gaming, uh, Square Enix, creative uh, Final Fantasy a bunch of others and, you know, a bunch of other blockchain gaming companies receiving massive amounts of funding, you know, over the past week, even. So you, and, and obviously Meta and Microsoft, you're getting all these different pockets of the metaverse, but the, the, the end of the day, I think it's, 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 it could potentially just be a time where we're jumping in and out of these different digital spaces through the physical world. And it's a time when we value that more than what we do in the real world. Um, but Mr. Tradfire, what are your thoughts on the metaverse? What do you what do you think it'll end up being? Something similar? Yeah, I mean, I like your point uh, about it being a time rather than a space. Um, I mean, I think a burger is never going to taste as good in real life <laughs> as uh, as, it, <laughs> as it might in the metaverse. Um, to that extent, I mean, as economic activity moves into these decentralized networks, these big entities are going to want a piece of the pie. Um, but at the end of the day, they're just a subset of the internet. And I think, uh, you know, to the extent that there are, I guess, a large component of Web 2, uh, they will end up being a smaller component of Web 3. So I do think the relevance of Meta yep. um, is maybe being overestimated in the short run. Yeah, yeah. Well, John T, the, um, oh, there we go. There's the first slip of the... <laughs> the first hint at my identity. Um, love it, love it. <laughs> um, Q, can you jump back into uh, Meta and Facebook's rebranding then with that context? Yeah, well, well, of course, yeah. I mean, just to just to like sort of build on a few points you guys brought in there, I, I do appreciate and like the, you know, the comparison to calling it a point in time rather than space. Um, and I think it's very important to distinguish that, you know, the metaverse isn't just this virtual or digital space or point in time, you know, it's, it's a, it's a parallel universe that's kind of running in unison with what our reality is. And there's various points to which it connects with our reality, you know, and that, that comes in the hands of technology such as virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, so there's, there's a lot of interesting things happening in the metaverse space. And because it's so early on, you know, I think as over the next two to five years, we're going to see this, development of this almost ready player one universe where you know things just become this fully digital open source decentralized space um, where people can interact with one another through collectibles nfts you know i kind of view nfts and all of that as being the the basis you can kind of view nfts as the red pole into the metaverse you know and then once people are holding these cool profile pictures or you know various different nft collectibles what do they end up doing with them and that's when the whole value realization comes into play where they can actually give those those pictures. You can run around with your punk, you can run around with your ape, you can run around with whatever your, your NFT is in this virtual space. Um, so I think that's, that's where the value realization comes in, giving utility to everything digital. Um, but basically, yeah, to, to, to get to Facebook's rebranding, you know, for me, 
I'm not, I'm not so fond um, or so excited about the rebranding of Facebook to Meta. Um, and and there's, there's two main reasons why. Um, reason one is this is not the first time Facebook has tried to adopt a cryptocurrency-based concept. Um, you know, the first time they tried to do this was with their coin Libra. And ultimately, that became a regulatory nightmare. And, you know, this white paper that Facebook released, which was talking about a cryptocurrency that was true to decentralized nature, ultimately got dwindled down to another Venmo or PayPal. And, you know, ultimately, I see this as a huge failure. And uh, largely, Libra did fail. And that's now and that's now been watered down to the they've renamed it the DM project. Oh, yeah. and no, you know, it went from it, it, now it's just basically so, some backed sort of stable coin almost. Um, but it, yeah, it's a, it's a complete nightmare. Yeah, I mean, and, and Novi and Calibra and all these various like attempts to steal this vague crypto halo that Facebook's trying to do just kind of annoys me, and it it it, it makes this it almost makes me nervous, you know, for what Facebook's trying to do to the metaverse. Because w- when we look at the metaverse, you know, everyone in the NFT world, anyone in gaming and all of this talks about not a metaverse, they talk about the metaverse, the Ready Player One metaverse, the one metaverse that's blockchain-based, true to decentralization, open-sourced and community-governed. You know, when, when Mr. Zuckerberg, you know, talks about the metaverse, he talks about VR. And although, you know, this meta will have some form of NFT integration into it, the broader vision of what Zuckerberg is trying to roll out doesn't align with what the true metaverse is supposed to be. You know, Facebook is building this virtual reality meta with proprietary rights or, you know, with proprietary interests in mind, rather than focusing on this blockchain decentralized open source community governed metaverse which, you know, is run by community, you know, not run by a central authority that's driven by profit. Um, so, i.e. Zuckerberg, exactly. So while I do think that IE Zuckerberg has a lot of short-term benefits, you know, if you look at the announcement, we had uh, projects like Sandbox and Decentraland and various other projects like metaverse-based ecosystem projects, you know, booming in prices. It's because of this narrative that, you know, Facebook has a large reach, much more reach than what crypto and metaverse currently has. And ultimately, it's going to have a benefit in educating people on what the term metaverse is. But I think longer term, it's going to be detrimental because one, the first reason I brought up, Facebook's failed largely on the first time. So Facebook's so hard to regulate now. What do you think the regulatory framework's going to be when they introduce this virtual reality world? And two, you know, his his idea, Mark Zuckerberg's idea of a metaverse based on proprietary interest is very unaligned to what cryptocurrency individuals like ourselves see this future of this digital parallel universe. Yeah, sure. And just to echo on that, uh, just like when I was watching it, it was quite interesting, actually. I mean, they even had a segment on privacy and safety and all this stuff. And it's it's quite ironic just, you know, how this rebranding was framed in in the, you know, in the shadow of the Facebook papers that were released, those damning papers from Francis Hogan, um, you know, outlining all the problems that Facebook has that came from internal documents. Um, and then Zuckerberg's going online and uh, to Facebook Connect and saying, oh, privacy and safety in the metaverse is going to be our one one sort of uh, you know a key thing but it's never has been in the past we all know 
we aren't we all yeah. familiar to Cambridge Analytica and, and the other data scandals that Facebook has been a part of um, and all the congressional hearings and everything. The other thing was, you know, it's it's interesting thinking about like knowing quite a bit of the history of Facebook and where they came from, even like the overlap with crypto where, you know, they had the falling out with the Winklevoss twins who are, I mean, Zuckerberg had the falling out with the Winklevoss twins who are now famously known for being Bitcoin billionaires, early investors in Bitcoin, huge crypto advocates, um, you know, founders of Gemini, the, the, the crypto exchange. Um, that whole narrative is is quite funny as well. And then when you look at how Zuckerberg's run Facebook from day day dot, is that he's always been after growth and it's always been about growing Facebook. So, but then he's coming on now and saying, oh, we want an open, yeah. we're going to open Metaverse, we're going to work with developers, all of that stuff that is essentially virtue signaling at the moment. How is that actually going to map out in the future? Because he doesn't want his company basically atrophying to other metaverses, right? He wants people to be in the meta metaverse. So there's one possibility of just being a meta a meta metaverse, um, you know, and that they can go and do what they want with that. But, you know, potentially, I mean, if people move to, you know, more open, decentralized sort of collaborative uh, metaverses. But uh, I also... But I mean, yeah. you need buy-in. Yeah, of course. Right? Like you, you need like community buy-in for that. I mean, I don't know how widespread Facebook use is kind of in your circles, but I mean, definitely for me, and I think more broadly in general for young adults, it's it's kind of losing its relevance. But this um, is the thing, yeah. hundred percent. To build, Luca, to literally build on that, sorry, TradFi guy, to build on that point, <laughs> there's our second yeah. to build on that point, there's, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. And we know that virtual reality is not necessarily something that's in high demand at the moment. You know, the, t- the tech is relatively affordable, but virtual reality-based companies are not necessarily turning over ma- massive amounts of profits. Most of them are running at a loss. And Facebook, even in an announcement, stated that the fees for the first few years to utilize this metaverse that they're creating are going to be high because they know that Facebook will be running at a loss. There's a huge startup cost coming to setting up this whole meta. So... $10 billion this year. Exactly. They're investing. Yeah. So... so I mean, you've got these guys, you know, talking about, well, you've got Zuckerberg, sorry, I shouldn't say these guys, but you've got Zuckerberg talking about this inclusive <laughs> virtual reality, but fees are going to be through the bloody roof. Facebook's going to be running at a loss, you know, and like, how's that going to work? You know, it's, it's detrimental. And as Steiner, fuck, <laughs> as, as, as Luca said, <laughs> as Luca said, um, you know, where we need buy-in. And I just don't think that currently there's the demand for VR. I think maybe in the future, there'll be demand for VR. But I think that the demand for, say, something like augmented reality, which bridges the metaverse, this digital universe, to our real world, is going to be something way more adoptable than something like VR, which Facebook is trying to push for. And I think Zuckerberg ultimately knows that. But I feel like they needed a change mm-hmm. in their company structure to fight off the current political decline, regulatory decline that Facebook is currently going through. Um, so I ultimately just... 100%. Yeah. And they're not going to say that on Facebook. No, yeah. 100%. But just moving on, just just going quickly, I wanted to, just, just to close off the section, I want to ask TradFi guy, how often do you use Facebook and Instagram? Because you actually brought up an interesting point. Is it actually going to be relevant in the future? Uh, very rarely, uh, to be honest. 
Um, but I think maybe I am a bit of an anomaly. <laughs> uh, I think more broad. I, I think I think more broadly, um, the kind of light features of Web three are probably going to gain the most adoption. You know, like a, a little bit more say in in what your money does, right? A little bit more stake in the internet in the form of say an NFT and some kind of verifiable digital identity. Um, I think I think Facebook's impact. Uh, is, is definitely going to be is being overhyped at the moment, and kind of the fear that it's going to replace, uh, you know, a free and open open web three. I, th- I think definitely uh, is is not the case. Uh, just because of that buy-in point, right? Like, I, yeah. I don't know yeah, anyone sure. who wants to enter a completely parallel world, right? You want to access the the, the most utility uh, from web three functions like decentralized finance. Um, but you you don't want to start meeting mates for burgers um, in sandbox, you know. Well, yeah, just, <laughs> just, just yeah, yet. Fair enough. Yeah, just, who knows? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Q, Q, any closing thoughts on this section before we move on to the next next piece of the pie? No, ultimately, I agree with uh, Guy and Tradfi there. Um, you know, talking about the buy-in, I think that's the biggest thing. Is I just think this whole idea that Facebook's trying to push is lacking demand. Um, and I think, you know, the, the life sure. side of Web3 is what's going to get adopted first. I 100% agree. Um, you know, but I do see things like, you know, DeFi and GameFi especially taking off before, you know, I think we're on a five-year journey here. You know, I think in five years time, Metaverse will become our sure. reality. You know, it'll work in unison with our current reality. And, you know, maybe... You know, we're all sitting in different parts of the world currently, and maybe we will be meeting up for a burger in Thailand on a virtual machine. You never know. <laughs> so we just go. It, it would, would be, be great. great. Yeah. It would be great. And and I mean, the question then going forward is to leave everyone thinking: is is Zuckerberg going to put the user at the forefront, which which Web three is all about, putting the user at the forefront, uh, um, and you know, sort of taking away control from the central central organization, which he has not done in his 17 years of having Facebook running. Um, but yeah, let's, let's transition to the next um, topic for the day. So we had a big week actually in the regulation front. Uh, there was a big report published by the president's working group in the US about stable coins. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, TradFi guy, this was the this was the first like major sort of report that was actually drawn up by the regulators in the US. Um, and obviously we know stable coins are going to be a huge uh, sort of point for, for regulators um, just as, as the main on-ramp and potentially, potentially uh, you know, global form of remittance and all its implications on actually the global payment system, uh, not even to mention crypto. Um, so maybe just, Give some context to what happened, what was the report about, and uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Well, the stablecoin market caps more broadly have exploded. I mean, Tether was at 30 billion in Feb, and it's it's above 80 billion now. So I think uh, regulators are kind of looking at this and saying, we we need to take a position. Um, And now kind of in the form of this report and also some developments uh, on the European side, um, we've we've got kind of some some insight into the directions they might take. I I think the distinction here needs to be made between the different kind of types of of stable coins. They're directing 
their uh, focus on payment stable coins. So stable coins that kind of take on the functions of money, um, functions of a unit of account. Um, on that front, the lens uh, they're using is is admittedly traditional. Um, they're looking at centralized issuers of stable coins and saying, well, these are becoming significant institutions, um, which which may pose a, a systemic risk. <laughs> uh, no surprise, uh, square in their sights is Tether. <laughs> Uh, that's that's been an ongoing ongoing issue. I mean, to what extent a tether would be able to um, take back uh, its issue stablecoins and and uh, uh, re return the, the deposited cash effectively? Um, to, to that extent, the idea is effectively for these companies to have have reserves and grow into their role as a significant part of the the financial infrastructure. Um, in that sense, it's it's aspects like holding sufficient cash reserves, um, kind of being brought into the standard regulatory fold. I mean, there are a couple of issues with that. Uh, you you've got different kinds of stable coins, of course, and the decentralized ones. I think I think the key point is they're directing their energy on central centrally issued stable coins, um, whereas you know Web three effectively we could mint stable coins. So this concept of centralized issuance uh, is slowly is, is slowly losing relevance with time. Obviously the market cap is still predominantly centralized stable coins. Uh, but just the fact that you know you can provide collateral and mint, for example, magic internet money. <laughs> uh, this is a, this is an Ethereum based decentralized stable coin <laughs> that's uh, collateral backed. Uh, it's. I mean, that's. Levels. It's. It's. It's grown like 150 percent in market cap in the last three days. So it, it does. And yeah. tradfi tradfi guys, sorry, just to cut, just just sorry, just to interrupt you. Uh, I just wanted to give some extra context. So for Magic Internet Money, you're saying decentralized collateral backs. Maybe just give some context around like how would that actually look in practice if we were because you said like for we could potentially have launched Magic Internet Money. How would that actually look? What would we have to, have to have to do and how does that then diff contrast to something like yeah. tether or circle just to give some extra context well I, I, yeah decentralized to to me means permissionless um so if, if you have a wallet that has eligible collateral um you can go to the abracadabra money uh finance uh, page and and you can provide this collateral and mint um stable coins and these these then diffuse into the market um, and can be used just like tether. So effect, so effectively, um, the, the key difference is with with tether and USDC, uh, depositors provide real dollars and are issued with stable coins. Um, that is the centralized model. Effectively, someone has to issue them. Uh, the decentralized model is you can issue them yourself or mint them. Uh, to use the Web3 lingo. Right. So, so do you think, do you think this whole, uh, the report, you were mentioning there were a couple of issues. I mean, are, is it a step in the right direction or do these regulators really need to get more clued up on things? Um, and this was summarized, you, you did share with us a few tweets from Jeremy Allaire, the, the founder of Circle uh, and um, 
Jeremy Lai to summarize the report quite nicely. Um, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on the just the issues? Is it a good thing? Yeah, I, I, I think broadly it's good. We need confidence uh, in centrally issued stable coins. I think the the one thing missing in that report, and I guess right now uh, it, it doesn't have the same the same kind of systemic relevance. Um, but with decentralized protocols, um, I mean, it's, it's trustless, right? I mean, the collateral has verifiable value that's backing these stable coins. So, I mean, in, in, in my view, it's two completely different sets of risks. So just to answer your question, um, I, I think they're quite focused on, on centrally issued stable coins. Um, and and as, in that sense, are, are slightly behind, I think. Perfect. And how does that then differ to, because the, uh, the European Union also made a different sort of ruling, uh, the Mika Markets and Crypto Assets Framework. How does that differ to what the US regulators have done? Is it, is, are they further along? What's better? Uh, I mean, <laughs> to give you an example uh, of how much further along they, they are, uh, they're considering uh, a, a proposal to approve white papers. <laughs> so uh, that's a fascinating idea where you've got a you, you allow kind of this decentralized market to do its thing but if you want to issue a token effectively you've got a so so in crypto you you've got this concept of a white paper which is basically a mission statement uh with some economics in it um and, and now you've got this idea in the european union that hey uh you you, you may need to submit this before you're allowed to issue a token obviously there are a bunch of problems with that can you prevent but yeah, isn't yeah? I was going to say, isn't that a, a centralization issue, though? It, it is, but I think we need to we, we need to strike a balance. Like before all of this, um, before all of this regulation is really going to go into effect, we've got another two years of of innovation ahead of us. Um, I mean, in my view, that could that could be just enough, right? And, and to some extent you know, centralized regulation will be necessary. We're not going to jump into one big uh, global community overnight. Um, we, we are going to have kind of digital currency areas being established. Um, so to that extent, I think, I think regulation is good. And, and look, I mean, the, the problem with Tether, right, is, is, I mean, it's a huge part of the stablecoin market cap. It's a massive, it, I mean, it's most trading pairs on exchanges with stablecoins or, or Tether. Um, I mean, if they were to fail, um, I mean, it would it would crush the market. So I think it's in everyone's interest that centralized issues are regulated. But I think the lens and, and generally, I think on the European side, they're, they're a bit more clued up on this. Um, I think the lens needs to be needs to be appropriate. Right. Like you can't expect yeah. KYC on a decentralized platform. Yeah. Yeah, I sure. Which is know your know your customer, know your customer yeah. verification. You have to submit identity documents, all of that, all of that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, the Europeans definitely seem to be moving the needle more. Um, and and I mean, it begs the question: once this regulation, and I, I mean, this is a question bo- posed to both of both of both of you guys, not just my guy and Tradfi. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> once um, once you know, these regulations do come into effect, like Mika in, in Europe is coming into in 2023. And that article you shared about it basically 
raised a whole bunch of fears that, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of friction in the in the European Union for, you know, crypto providers and, and potentially stablecoin issuers and, and basically participants in their crypto economy. What do you? What are your both of your thoughts on like will um, regulation just cause inflation, um, inflation, innovation to fall off a cliff? Well, no. I, I mean, I mean, I kind of, you know, look look yeah. at what happened in in China with the ban of Bitcoin mining, for example. We can kind of look at that as some form, well, a form of regulation, you know, but that didn't stop the mining hubs of Bitcoin. You know, they just shifted to another part of the world. So I think whatever regulation ends up coming in, there's always going to be a way that people find to move around it. And largely now with regulation coming to essentially back stable coins, people are shifting to decentralized stable coins. Like, you know, our guy in TradFi said, the MIM token, you know, UST, which is the Terraform Labs uh, dollar stable coin. Those various arbitrage or collateral backed stable coins will start to take flight as you know i kind of think it's going to be impossible to regulate a decentralized network but i do think that all centralized entities must be regulated you know so central exchanges the fact that they have to do kyc i think that's essential you know i think bringing regulation to the bigger players in the market like tether which has had many many regulatory issues over the years that needs to be regulated because they're a massive major entity that's claiming to be backed by a basket of various assets that no one actually knows. So there's a lot of flaws in those centralized stable coins. So this is why I think an arbitrage or collateral backed market of decentralized players forming peg coins like UST and MIM should be the future and should be how we kind of push towards a more decentralized space and ultimately retain control of our money. Sure, and it'll allow the space to move quicker and innovation to thrive. Uh, as Naval said, if re- if uh, regulation comes in too hard, uh, you know the the whole space will move underground. People will just find find ways of doing it. Um, I'm exactly. Like, uh, uh, yeah, Q. Sorry, uh, what were you sorry, saying? Sorry, just one, one more point. Just on that, people move underground. I mean, look what happened in China when they banned the the um, trading of cryptocurrencies. People just got VPNs and trade on decentralized exchanges. So, you know, when, when regulation yeah, does or, come Or they hard, just moved to the US or Singapore or they exactly. moved, they literally relocated. So I think, yeah. I think, you know, there definitely does need to be a balance. And I think regulation does need to come into the cryptocurrency space to almost legitimize the space. And as, you know, TradFi guy re- uh, mentioned, it needs to come in to instill confidence, especially for a large portion of the investing world. You know, but I think that it needs to ease in very, 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 like you know, smoothly and slowly, because ultimately, as we know, cryptocurrency is a very fast paced uh, space and things can change overnight and people can, you know, kind of disappear to their pseudonymity, you know, and just work on VPNs and decentralized networks. And then ultimately the government will lose control of what they actually want to regulate. So I do think that there needs to be a fine, a fine balance between what's regulated and what's not. Yeah, for sure. And TradFi guy, any uh, closing thoughts on this? A step in the right direction? Look, I think I think it's good that it's a it's a discussion point and not a ban. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know everyone in crypto was terrified 
three months ago that, you know, uh, the, the U.S. would take a slightly different position. Uh, I mean, things were, ext- I, I think it's easy to forget because, you know, like you said, Q, space moves really fast. Do you forget how uncertain things were three months, six months ago? So I think just that these discussions are happening, we've got a, we've literally got a presidential report on the table, um, you know, discussing stable coins. <laughs> I, I think it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. And uh, yeah, that's uh, on to the final segment of the show uh, for today. Brief market update from our expert uh, crypto trader who's in the weeds, uh, Mr. Galactic Q. Uh, currently looking at coin market cap, Bitcoin's above 66K, Ethereum for, uh, above 4,700, Solana's cooking, uh, Cardano's even over $2. <laughs> um, that's a surprise. <laughs> that is a big surprise. You can uh, just from that comment, you can see our allegiance uh, straight away. <laughs> Polka dots pumping. Uh, yeah, give us a brief uh, naturally, naturally, naturally. Give us a brief uh, market update, Q, and uh, yeah, what what are things looking like for this week, the next month, uh, and into the new year? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just just looking at at a short term base. Um, I mean, we, I think, most of us in the space are expecting a pullback, uh, at least to retest those fifty three k levels. Um, you know, we've we've had sustained growth over the past couple of weeks, so we need some consolidation and retesting. Um, but you know, because we keep pushing and we put in a new all time high a few days ago, um, I do ultimately think we're going to see that push to seventy eighty k region before we get a major major thirty thirty five percent pullback and then continue our trend up. Um, so it's, it's difficult to say in the short term. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, last night I was prepping my stop losses for a pullback today, but then we have Bitcoin pushing up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit crazy and volatile at the moment, but, you know, just to shift to a more macro outlook, I think we're gonna see a phenomenal quarter four and quarter one, 2022. Um, I think that's, you know, sort of the gaming industry. I think that NFTs, I think that DeFi is all gonna have its run. Um, Bitcoin, I think, will push to, you know, I don't know if it's going to break through six figures. I think six figures could be a rejection point. Um, as everyone calls for the two, 300K markets, most, you know, bigger guys in the space have been calling for. Um, I do think there will be some early sell-offs, but ultimately, I think we, we're in for a very strong quarter four rally um, and ultimately a strong Q1 for, you know, the smaller altcoin currencies and um, NFT space. I think we're going to see a nice boom there again. For sure. And I mean, as we, you know, as we're moving into that end of year sort of mania hype, I mean, it, it sort of mirrors, it's quite freaky actually, it mirrors a lot of like what happened last year uh, when sort of Bitcoin woke up last year, November, October, November. Um, and obviously at the end of the year, it was just crushing it again until March, April, May. Yeah. Um, but sh- what should be, should people still be keeping sort of an, uh, a long-term view uh, and like so many things are happening, the polka dot parachains, all of that good, good stuff happening, but should people still be keeping a, a long-term view on things uh, going into the next quarter? You know, yeah. I mean, the way we can look at the market right now is it's very overvalued uh, in a sense that there's certain niches that are capturing ex- well, having extreme value capture over a very short space of time. You know, if you look at the whole game fine narrative, it's boomed over the last couple of months. And, you know, there's a lot of these different ecosystems that, yes, in, in two to five years, they're going to be worth multi-trillion dollar industries. But right now, they're so young. 
you know, you've got most cryptocurrency or sort of um, gaming, like play to own gaming platforms that don't even have a game released. I mean, you can go on various stock footage sites and create gameplay for 30 seconds and launch that and that project's being valued at $100 million. You know, there's a lot of projects like that out there. So I do think ultimately there needs to be some form of correction. And right now we are in the middle of a move. So I think yeah. over the next, you know, yeah, and 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 Dreesen Horowitz is giving out money to gaming startups like like it's nobody's business. I think even last week there were like exactly there were two or three funding rounds announced for Sandbox, Ubisoft in, invested in Animoca Brands, who I think who who runs Sandbox. So all like yeah, all I mean, of that stuff feeds in, just, yeah, all of that stuff feeds into the hype. Yeah. Engine just launched their hundred million dollar Affinity Metaverse fund. Like there's 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 a lot of things yeah. happening in the space yeah. right now. And while I do think there's still a lot of growth over the next month or two, um, ultimately I think we're going to start swinging into microcycles. But you know the the biggest factor of it all remains that your four year ROI in crypto will always be the biggest. Um, and you know if you play the volatility swings right, and you accumulate through the bear trends, and you know play the volatility through the uptrends your four-year RI is going to be massive. And, you know, I still retain the value with all the people I speak to that always enter crypto with a long-term outlook. Don't enter it for a one-night trade. Yeah, as always, uh, not investment advice, but definitely exciting times as we near the end of the year for crypto once again. Uh, so what we want to do uh, each week is touch on a meme, have a little meme segment right at the end of the show and I mean, the crypto space is, is not short of memes. That's that's one thing for sure. Uh, <laughs> volatility and memes, I can guarantee you that. Uh, boys, what do, we, what do we want to touch on? Uh, last week, there was the the Kylie Jenner scandal with the board apes, uh, Squid Game coin. For the culture. <laughs> what, happened with, what happened with Kylie Jenner? So she obviously joined this whole like New York NFT conference, um, which was a massive success. The board apes seemed to be gaining the most traction at this event. Um, and Kylie Jenner actually reached out to one of the board ape owners. Um, he had this pink board ape and she, she, she showed her interest in it and offered to purchase it. And the guy blocked her. And I think this is the first man on social media. Do we know how much, by the way? Do we know how much, do we know she, how much she offered? She didn't disclose a value to my knowledge. Um, she just expressed interest to the guy of the DM. Um, but you know, uh, sure. I, What's the I'm floor price? Today, but it's well over 50. Do we know. I think. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, so, so basically, yeah. I think this is the first man in history to block Kylie Jenner um, <laughs> and, and screenshot it <laughs> and share it to his community and quote retweet it, it's for the culture. So <laughs> I think it was, yeah. Oh, you got to love that. you got to love it. I think that's, so. the crypto, that's, that, that's the crypto universe summed up in, in three seconds, basically. Um, Apparently, I, I heard uh, from uh, a source that uh, my guy in TradFi was uh, drawing up an investment proposal to his uh, to his investors on Wall Street uh, for Shiba <laughs> or, or Squid Game. What? Which one was it? Squid, <laughs> was it Squid Game? The, uh, <laughs> what, hap- what happened? What happened with Squid, ga- Squid uh, Game? Coin, hey? Biggest rug pull of the century. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I will be honest. I'm relatively new to the space, so I, I can't say if it was the biggest rug pull in history. But that was, I mean, it was shocking. Uh, Q, you've got the details, right? Yeah. So I'll tell you guys a story. Um, I actually went to visit my parents' apartment 
um, to, to go say hi. And my mom was sitting on the couch, sitting very concentrated on her phone, reading this article, you know, posted by one of these mainstream media outlets. You know, and, and as we all know, uh, for those in the crypto space, you know, the Squid Token was released completely unaffiliated to the Netflix series. But mainstream media didn't pick up on that very important, critical piece of information. Of so then my mom sits and she's, she looks at me and she's like, Chance, why are you buying Ethereum? You know, you should be buying the Squid Token. And, you know, it was at that point in time that I was like, yo, no hope for the normies there. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and lo and behold, people were, were struggling to, to um, sell their tokens. You know, there was issues on, on the BSC chain. And, I mean, that token went from, you know, a couple of cents to, I think it was $2,800 a coin at the end of it. Um, some people were sitting yeah, on multi, yeah. multi-million yeah. dollars, but they just couldn't sell it. And, you know, that, that team behind the <laughs> walked away, with, you know, a couple million dollars, very happy and chuffed and disappeared, never to be seen again. Um, so I would say it's probably one of the, the biggest meme rug pulls in a while because of the squid uh, narrative, the squid game epic series, which has been so popular. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was quite a quite a thing to watch that chart jump well, to. From jump my to. from my perspective, well, I mean, it literally fell off a cliff the one day it went to, <laughs> from two thousand eight hundred to zero. Um, yeah, I, from my from, from my perspective, when you know when the BBC in the UK starts talking about crypto, you know that something crazy is happening because they are extremely conservative. So, <laughs> I yeah, I just but, but I, I love I love. I, I love how they don't talk about Ethereum making your time highs or like Metaverse and DeFi. They talk about the squid, to- squid token. They highlight a meme coin in the cryptocurrency space, which just makes me laugh. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, and I, I think, uh, well, I think it's just a lesson as well to everyone out there. Uh, be careful, uh, you know, even with Shiba, which is actually legit. It's a, it's a legit meme coin, but still, I mean... <laughs> what what goes up must come down as they say in the as they say uh, on wall street um <laughs> uh but yeah you know, I mean, <laughs> wall street cheat sheets yeah exactly exactly um i see i see we have actually an audience member uh if we have any questions oh it's george uh cue your brother your brother your brother's <laughs> on <laughs> uh brother supports brother supports i love it <laughs> uh, there it is. do you have a question george how's it oaks how are you <laughs> so I'm a, bit, I'm a bit late to the party here but i just wanted to sign up to this account and then follow up no cool do you have a do you have a you're on you're on the live recording well uh you're you our first uh the first live recorded audience of uh the web three th- web three show congratulations do you have a question for uh, our panel of experts <laughs> <laughs> no not right now bro i'm just supporting you lecker Cool. Well, thanks for coming up. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'm going to send you back down there. Um, cool. So yeah, that, that brings us to the end of uh, the first episode of uh, the Web3 show. Uh, thanks so so much for giving a listen to our one live audience uh, member, George. Uh, no, but it was, it was really great. Guys, we had a great conversation. Uh, much more content to come uh, weekly. We'll be coming at you Mondays covering everything on the cutting edge of crypto nfts web3 and all of the mess in between um so yeah stay stay tuned and uh, we will see you all next week bye bye everyone